Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Whenever, wherever, however you care to join us, welcome to the Hot Tag Podcast. The hottest Hot Tag Podcast, might I add. And coming to the ring, hailing from Chesapeake, Virginia, one half of your host with the most that will whip you from pillar to post, all power to the people himself, Shabo. Along with the mastermind behind the design, the lineage of excellence himself, Big Grizz Eric Phillips. Eric, how you doing? How you living? How you feeling, my friend? Shabo, my friend. The Big Grizz is out of hibernation. Oh, feeding time. It's feeding time. I'm hungry. <clears throat> Feed me more. We got a lot to feast on today. Jeez, you ain't kidding. Good lord. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, we're both just, like, out of it from all the wrestling that's been going on. Just like, whoo. Okay, throwing the white but, towel for the minute. Just throwing the white towel. Let us live our lives real quick. We got but, but how do you not be excited about it? Like, like considering, uh, you know, Takeover, SummerSlam, Raw, and SmackDown. Like, oh my gosh! Like everything. It's like everything came together. But the, the wrestling gods smiled upon us and said, "We know you've been struggling. Here is our gift to you." The Fiend. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a huge gift. Oh, my God. We're going to talk about that most definitely. But I want to tell you something. I saw my first AEW commercial. Um, my brother was watching TNT, and he called me into his room. He was like, um, what is this? And he rewinded it back, and I was like, oh, that's AEW. No, actually, what I said to him, my exact words, I was like, oh, that's competition. That was my exact <laughs> words. Words was that's competition. Was that 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 great commercial? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I'm like, it's getting real. It's getting real. We we, we about we about to have it. A battle about to pop off. And notice I said battle. I don't feel it's a war quite yet, but it's a little battle. A little you know, you know, a little jabs here and there. They ain't throwing blows yet. The trenches are being dug. Yeah. The, the battle plans are being made. Yeah, the, the phalanx is forming. Yeah. yeah. This is a the, yeah, this is about to get so interesting on so many It's literally the millennial version of of the Monday Night Wars, which I guess it, it, for all intents and purposes soon this one will be considered the Wednesday Night War. Things go the way it's looking so far. Yeah. The way it's looking. But before that all happens, there's a lot of things that's going on in the news. Yes, it is. Oh my gosh, the rumor mill has a, 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 this week has been probably the most informative as far as news and rumors. And it's not like we have the entire show to go through it, so we'll only give you the bits and pieces that you actually that you actually really interested in. Uh, Shay, you want to start us off with some rumors? Somebody got paid. Hey. <laughs> Somebody got paid a lot Shut of money. The highest of uh, paid wrestler in the WWE, Roman Reigns. I think he's making $2 million a year now. I think uh, from what I was told, it's $2 million more than his original contract. Oh, it was $2 million more. I thought, okay. Yeah. Wow. 
Oh my gosh! Like I don't see anybody. Well, uh, to, truth be told, I don't see anybody making more than the more uh, making less than two million, considering the landscape of Vince trying to, you know, hoard all the wrestlers he can. So it would, would while I don't have the exact number or the terms of, of Roman Reigns' contract, I am thoroughly convinced that he is at least making three million a year, if not more. Yeah, that's a good estimation because that's what I was thinking. Something like maybe two point nine or something like that, but yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, he's he's in the millions, people. He is in the millions. And before y'all jump to conclusions, he's the highest paid full time wrestler. You know, you still got an Undertaker out there. You know, <laughs> I don't think yeah. His, yeah, he gets two million just for an appearance. I don't know for right. a fact, but I'm just I'm just saying, you know. But, let's not forget the ungodly amount of money that Vince McMahon has been throwing at Brock Lesnar for oh, the better God. part of a year or so. For what reasons, though? But anyway, <laughs> somebody got paid. Roman, loan me a dollar. Can I borrow a dollar? Just a couple. Yeah, just, just a couple. Help, help, help a brother out. HBO, help a brother out. We're trying to we're trying we're trying to expand here, Roman. Now we ain't now we ain't about to sit here and kiss your ass just because you gave us a couple dollars to help show. Yeah. <laughs> nah, we ain't about that. Like, like, we gonna say. Yeah, right, right, right. We gotta, we got. If they, if he, get, if he breaks us off something, we gotta put it in the contract that regardless, regardless of what we say, he can't take it back. <laughs> no givesies backsies. Yeah, yeah, no givesy backs, no take backs. Indian giver. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing forming in the rumor mill is one person getting paid, and the one, one other one just can't get laid off like he wants to. He wants to go home, and that's Dolph Ziggler. Like I never seen somebody want to leave but can't leave. Like he hold that man hostage. Basically, like went in there to shake his hand, be like, "Yeah, I'm. Thank you for this, and I'm just gonna go home." No, you're not. Listen, say what you going? Yeah, no, you're not, pal. (laughs) But honestly, thanks. I know Vince isn't looking, but I'm just going to ask this, you know, just out there in the open. What is Dolph Ziggler going to do for you now? Like, what can he do for you now? He done been squashed at SummerSlam, squashed on Raw, embarrassed, beat down. Like, what what is he going to do for you? What value is he going to bring to your company now? Uh, He's been repackaged so many times. He leaves as a heel, come back as a face. Leaves as a face, come back as a hit. Like, what else are you gonna do? Uh, I mean, I think at this point, like, <laughs> to try to build him, to to try to build him back up to be like a main eventer or even you know a mid card draw at this point would be futile. They have buried him upon burial. Like, there's like. Five, there's like 10 feet of crap, and then there's Dolph Ziggler. Wow. <laughs> I, 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 that's what the, and it's not a shot of Dolph Ziggler. It's not his fault. It's it's WWE's creative process. You know, it's like, I, and I will be the first person to tell you, I, I, I've i been hard on Dolph Ziggler. I, I've Me been too. hard on matches. I, I mean, I, I recognize him for, I've always recognized Dolph Ziggler for the talent of you. I've never said Dolph Ziggler is not a great worker. I've never said that, you know, Dolph Ziggler is boring. I think some of the crap that WWE has given him to say has been garbage. And, you know, 
the guy, the guy does stand-up comedy for God's sakes. Don't you think WWE might want to play on that? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, just, I'm putting in a storyline. You know, it, obviously, if he's a comedian, he's had some type. You know, he's got some type of talent as far as improv goes. Why don't you let the man you guys gave let Kevin Owens say whatever he wanted to say? Why not do the same for Dolph Ziggler? Honestly, I think they owe him that much considering how long he's been with the company and how much he's given to the company. Right. And for them to do them the way he's doing with what you know with the with, with the world championship reign and the uh you you know the U.S. championship reign is like you've done all this with this guy and now when everything that he's done for the company, you turn around and you tell him, you know, I'd rather just pay, I'd rather just rather pay you to stay home. Like, right. do you think you are, do you know how much I've given to this business? Do you know how much I've given to this company? Like, and then to turn around and do that, like, I think this so, I get it from Vince's perspective. I ain't saying it's right. But all right, considering the climate, I get that. But there's just certain people. Like, if Cesaro, if Cesaro had did this, I'd have been like, uh, no, nah, Cesaro, like, you ain't really did that much. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it would be much more understandable. But considering those, everything that he's eaten, all the crap that he's eaten at WWE and all the mispushes that he's had, and literally... He is still there. He is still there when you need him. He is still going to go out. He's going to do the job. He's still going to steal the show. He's going to sell, like, to help put him over and to thank him for all the work that he's done. You tell him, no, I'm not going to let you out of your contract. I'd much rather just, you know, pay you to stay home. Wow. Okay, so then at this point in the game, like, after hearing that, Anybody who leaves, it's to your own detriment. It's your fault, you know, and for you to hold somebody for as long as humanly possible, just so, you know, any other wrestling promotion doesn't get to jump on you and scoops them up. One, it shows you're scared. Let's start there. Let's be completely honest. Vince, you're scared. Uh, Number two, you're selfish as hell. You're selfish, and if that, you know, if if things keep going the way it's going, you know, if you know these house shows keep barely getting filled, you know, this creative process, you know, the the questionable talent of of their creative department, if all this helps, if that catalyst comes to. And you know, you really start seeing dramatic losses, Vince. You have literally nobody to blame but yourself. Nobody, and it, and it's probably karma for how you how you do business. So, not to go off on a tangent, but I'm gonna call you Big Grizz Durant Phillips. Durant, because you because you this impromptu rant you just did. <laughs> I was like, I'm just sitting back, like. I'm just going to let him keep going. Because <laughs> this is Raiden, so I'm going to let him keep going. But even, just, everything you said is correct, though. Like, you know, I, I, was about to say, I was about to say, am I wrong on anything that I've said thus far? No, if I am, no you're right. Know. 
the, the question I was going to ask, why are you pumping out more money for somebody who's not going to bring anything to your company? Somebody who's not going to bring in money. You know, that was the problem with WCW back in the day. He was giving these contracts out to people who didn't bring money back in. So why are you doing that? And not saying Dolph isn't a draw. He could draw if you use him the right way. If the writers could, you know, put him in a good storyline, he could draw. And like I said on the last podcast, with the work of, or with the help of Paul Heyman helping him with his promos, he's getting so much better, so much believable, so much more into his character that he's beginning to shine more as a talker rather than just an in-ring talent. And that's what I think he needs. But the fact that you're paying now, paying him now to stay home, that's a waste of money, you know? And it's for no reason. It does has fulfilled everything that he, that he's fulfilled everything in this contract that he said. At this point in the game, let the man go nine times out of 10. He's probably gonna, you know, go home, weigh his options, continue, continue to do comedy. And do whatever, regardless of which he, all of your contracts have a ninety-day no-complete clause, regardless. So he can't do nothing while he's at home anyway. Right. What are you doing this for, other than other than to be vindictive and try to under undercut, you know, either AEW or Impact or any other company that's seeking interest in him, which is not going to do any good anyway, because once three months are he could go do what he wants anyway. Right. You are literally, you are literally tying up money that could literally go to go to your next breakout NXT star. And it's uh, like I, I look, I, the man is a, the, the guy. I'll be the first to admit, the man is a hundred times the businessman that I am, considering the experience. Right. But just going off right and wrong, <laughs> just going off right and wrong, just that, just that alone, karma's gonna come back to bite you in the ass. And it hurts. You ain't kidding. And them teeth marks stay with you forever. You're going to always remember those teeth marks. That's why they call karma a bitch. (laughs) But, okay, any other news, uh, theories, conspiracies, secrets? Well, one major bit of news that we do have, we have talked about it. We, we, We have guessed it. And as of, as of Thursday, within the past 48 hours, WWE has pitched NXT to USA for their, for a two hour spot. Huh? Didn't hear about that. Yeah. Before, before there was talk of FS1, but WWE made the pitch to USA, which is seemingly a good move because you know any WWE fan is used to clicking to USA yeah you know clicking to USA you know to watch to watch WWE yeah there's also you know you're gonna catch more homes because you know as far as FS1 it's a major sports market you you're only getting a, a you know a certain niche of fans, you know, whereas in USA, WWE fits right into that. I mean, people can, people talk about wrestling all the time. Oh, it's like a male soap opera and stuff like that. Well, I mean, you've got shows, you know, you've got shows um, like uh, the Chris Lee's, they're in tax trouble right now. Just a quick side note. See how I, that I, goes. I, 
Nah, I don't even watch it, so I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, so, but I mean, those shows you got Miz and Mrs. Uh, up there, you know, uh, along with you know their incredibly acclaimed shows like Suits and stuff like that. I feel, I feel like that fits the dynamic of where they're trying to go more so than FS1 because you have diehard, you have diehard sports fans that are, that, that will go in and watch FS1. And you're getting you're getting half and half because you'll get you'll get the people you know the wrestling you know the wrestling fans that will literally go to FS1 just to watch it, but then you're also getting you know the sports fan who are the diehard sports fans that that feel like wrestling is quote unquote quote unquote fake, right? And I feel like it, you know you you're kind of doing a disservice to doing a disservice to yourself. No matter how hard Fox tries tries to promote it so I feel like this would be the better move for them I don't agree with the fact that it goes to two hours there's all you've already got three hours of Raw Smackdown going to Fox on Fridays is kind of irrelevant at this point but I think the best the best thing going about NXT is they put together the perfect mix of wrestling and stories you know, you're never getting too much of one or the other. With two hours and Vince and Vince being more involved in it, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, even like I say, even if you take away SmackDown, that's still a lot of wrestling. And then it's a lot of wrestling that people are not going to be familiar with because a lot, because some, you know, the casual wrestling fan doesn't have the WWE Network, so they don't watch NXT like that unless they go on YouTube. So there's going to be a lot of storylines they're not going to know about, a lot of people they don't recognize, a lot of things exactly. going on that's not going to make sense to them. Right. Exactly. And I'm afraid of Vince McMahon being more into it because of the fact, look, this is just my opinion. Uh, <laughs> I, I I was listening to another podcast, and it's a very interactive podcast to where you you know you can ask the host questions. And I asked the question: Should fans should fans worried considering Vince will have more of a hand in it than Triple H? And but some wrestling fans will tell you they're very questionable, uh, you know, of Raw and SmackDown's booking because Vince is so involved in it. So I asked that question, and I mean, the host basically laid into me. Laid <laughs> into me. Because he's like, guys, this is Vince McMahon. He's been running this for so long. I don't understand why you would feel so you would feel so worried about a guy who's been who's been carrying the business for the better part of 30 or 40 years. Hey, look, I get it. It doesn't take away from the fact that there has been questionable booking. There's been hot shot booking. There's been 50-50 booking. You can't ignore that. I'm not taking anyone, anything away from Vince McMahon's ability. All I'm saying is there's too many chefs in the kitchen. And not enough ingredients. <laughs> exactly. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to say. So... We'll see how this goes. We'll see if USA actually picks it up or not. It wouldn't surprise me if they. It wouldn't surprise me if they did. Not at all, because I think WWE needs this. <laughs> I think NXT needs this, especially if they're going to compete on Wednesday nights with AEW. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see how that turns out. 
Hold on to your butts, ladies and gentlemen. We have to wait and see what's going to happen. Okay, like I said, it's the Hot Tab Podcast. If y'all have any rumors, theories, conspiracies, secrets y'all want to share with us, you can give me a call at 757-419-1990. You can also see me on Instagram at All Power to the People. That's A-W-L-P-O-W-R, the number two, D-A-P-P-L. You can also send me a Facebook message at Shabo, which is S-H-E-A space B-O. And also you can send me a tweet at Shabo number four. That's the actual number four, not the spelled out one. Eric, it's your turn. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. All wake right. Up, so, wake up, Eric. Wake up. I, I, I'm getting there. I'm, t- I'm telling you. It's, it's still, it's still, you know, that that morning haze and you try to get the sleep out of your eyes. And oh, yeah, right, right, right. I, 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 I you know, know the struggle. You know the yeah, struggle. Yeah, the groggy feeling. Yeah, just a tad. But yeah. you can find me, as always, on Facebook, Eric the Big Bruce Phillips. You can find me on Instagram, lineage underscore of underscore excellence. You can also catch me on Twitter. I handle 7 City Psycho. The S is the dollar sign because we bought that money. Yeah. And... You can, you can call me or text me if you like at 757-633-0132. We really want to hear, we really want to hear you guys' opinions about the show and what you guys think of the show, what you think we can do better, what you think we can do worse. Try to be, give us constructive criticism, telling us that we suck. <laughs> like, that literally does that. First of all, it doesn't hurt my feelings in the least. So me either. I, 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 I really don't get that. If that was your gotcha moment, you failed miserably. And then number two, that doesn't give anything, that doesn't say anything about how you think the show can be helped. You know, right. give us suggestions. We do this, like, we do this because we love wrestling, but we love doing it because we like hearing from you guys. As long as you guys are being objective and giving constructive criticism, we're good. Because I guarantee if you send, if you send us you suck, I'm going to block you. You're never going to hear a word. I will not even respond to you. And for all the male listeners, if you tell me I suck, just ask your girlfriend if I suck. Hi-yo! <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots, Shots fired. fired. Before you even start, I'm, I'm already sending my shots out to you. Shabo's gonna be the hill today. I can see it. No, I'm turning hill. I'm turning hill. Well, I was thinking about it before we take our break, real quick. I was thinking about it. Even in the realm of wrestling, in the realm of even superheroes, also. I, like, I, I'm a big comic book nerd, too. But if you don't have the bad guy, if you don't have the heel, there will be no good guys. There will be no baby face. There will be no superheroes. So you gotta have that bad guy. The bad guy, the heel, makes the, the, the baby face look good makes them look so much better than what they already are. Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, absolutely right, my friend. Absolutely so you gotta right. have you gotta have that heel to make the baby face look look that much good. Because if and, if the heel is also doing good things, then you know, what's the baby face supposed to do? Just sit there with his thumb up his butt? <laughs> but anyway, and let me take a quick break. Uh-huh. I was about to say just just to, just to give you the rub a little bit for the record, you Dolph Ziggler sell. For the record, oh, yeah. let's, let's yeah. just say you Dolph Ziggler sell <laughs> every everything you talk about. Well, since Dolph Ziggler is kind of in a foxhole right now, I like to think of Ricky Morton more. Of a seller. I, I like that. I like. Oh, careful, careful, careful! You you 
you say Ricky Morton, you know, Jim Cornette might come. Oh, God, are we back on that? And then, and then we'll be, and then he'll go on his show and talk about all we talk about is that mud show wrestling BS, and that how we're not real journalists, and you know this, that, or the other. Well, Jim Cornette, how about the fact you ain't been in wrestling in twenty years and you still complain? Oh, talk when was about the last it. Time you see him on TV. When was the last time you see him on TV being a manager or an analyst or anything? Okay, uh, all right, well, just because uh, I, I don't want you to bury yourself. He, he's been on MLW this year commentating. I Does anybody one. know that? Yeah, Does anybody actually, know that? Oh, actually, a lot of people know that, bro. Really? <laughs> yes, a lot of people know that. Oh, a lot of people know that. Still lame. But, but, it doesn't take, but it doesn't take what you said. It doesn't mean what you said was wrong either. So let's, let's be fair. Man, like I said last time, I... I, I I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong. I'll eat my words because my words taste good. So, whatever. But anyway, let's take a quick break. You guys get some water, get your coffee, get your tea, get your Gatorade, whatever you need, get some chills. Because when we come back, we're going to talk about SummerSlam. We're going to talk about Raw. We're going to talk about SmackDown. We're going to talk about it all. I'm not moving the shit. You okay over there? Yes. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Right. I'm, doing, I'm doing double duty. I'm do, doing double duty today. Podcasting and, and, and dating. So. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 All right. So we will be right back. And we are back. Did you miss us? Did you miss me? They did if we if they still here, then they did. Oh, okay. 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 So, yeah. if, you, if you are not here, if you've left and you're no longer hearing this, fickle. Fickle. Shame, fickle. shame on you. Shame on you. Raspberries to you. Fickle. So this past Sunday we had SummerSlam. Uh, what can I say about SummerSlam? I I called it the extended version of Raw and SmackDown. I'm sorry, that's just how I, how I viewed it. You know what I mean? It didn't have that SummerSlam feel to it to me. I don't know, and it has nothing to do with the crowd or anything like that. The crowd was very boisterous. Yeah, the crowd they, was what? <laughs> the crowd was in your face. They was very bold in the stuff they were saying. It sounded like almost every other match got booed. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, I think a lot of it did, but I think it was just the flow of the show, too. I think, you know, with certain matches, certain matches, people were exhausted, and then the show after that just didn't live up, you know what I'm saying, didn't carry that same hype as the last match. So, you know, they either got tired or irritated and got bored. You know, so I don't think it was so much. The, I don't think it was so much the crowd, but just the flow of the show. The flow of the show to me was kind of all over the place. Yeah, you know, where it was high at certain times and then low at certain times, which you can't. You know, it can't be a. You know, it can't. You know, go full speed from show to show because you. You know, from opening bell to end of bell, because of course people are gonna be tired by the third match. But you know, it's just the flow. You know, you can tell with certain shows like they have a great flow to it, you know what I'm saying, going from match to match. SummerSlam to me, just a while it did deliver, SummerSlam delivered, in my opinion. Yeah. It was just the flow of the show, was, you know, just got people in and out of sync. 
Well, with me with the, the show and some of the matches, you could have saved some of those matches for SmackDown or Raw. Like the um, uh, Ember Moon and Bailey match, that could have been on SmackDown or something. You know what I mean? Like, because it didn't have anything special about it. You know, yeah, so yeah uh, maybe that's what it was, but it just felt like a, a match you could have had on SmackDown. It could have been the main event of SmackDown, granted. You know, but it didn't feel like a SummerSlam bout because, yeah, like you said, the build for it wasn't strong enough. I felt. I think, I think it probably should have started this few weeks before, like you know, maybe maybe six or seven weeks ahead of time, right? As opposed to three weeks ahead of time or whatever it was. But uh, the only match, well, no, I ain't gonna say the only match. There was a few matches that was big to me. I'm still big on my Dolph Ziggler Goldberg. Like I said on the last podcast, can can I, I I have to I have to say to the people, and I'm gonna be really quick. I I I want to apologize to Dolph Ziggler for 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 giving him a semi burial on the last podcast. I said there was nothing entertaining about this match. I said you know this is gonna be you know a squash match, but you know at a minute and fifty two seconds of the entire match it was, but. I did say that this was going to be a boring match and that I w- there was nothing that was going to be entertaining about it. I was completely 110% dead wrong. That, sh- <laughs> that match was so entertaining. And I have such a newfound respect for Dolph Ziggler after that because the man took like two other spears after the first one. <laughs> yeah, and so and so the hell out of all three of them. Like, that- oh my God. The first cell, the first spear, yeah. that cell was picture perfect. Picture perfect. I said, I literally said, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I literally said that because I was, I, I knew, you know, you know, the spear is devastating, but like just to see Dolph, Dolph Ziggler sell it the way he did, I was just like, "Oh damn, okay." That yeah. was good. That was oh, good. Get, get, put some respect on Dolph Ziggler's name. <laughs> I, I have put respect on Dolph Ziggler's name. <laughs> good, 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 good. Yeah, that was awesome. I, I said that myself. Like, I, I like what they did in there. Like, with the two super kicks at the beginning, he almost getting the wind and getting squashed after. I thought that was that was good. That was good booking right there. That was that. I now that is is good booking. It's right. not the way I would have booked it, but who gives? But who cares? Who yeah. cares? They put a story behind it. That, but I think both guys sold it beautifully. Goldberg don't need to say a whole lot. He just goes in. He just go in the ring and kick ass like he need to. Dolph carried this entire program, and I think it was you that said it was you that said Dolph Ziggler carried this entire program. And I mean, he did from the beginning of yeah. us talking about Goldberg. To that third time where he the where he's on the ground and grabbing the mic and still talking trash to him. Yeah. He at this point, just like we talked about in the beginning of the show, like I that loss to Dolph Ziggler renewed my hope in Dolph Ziggler. Right. Right. That's why and I said that too. Win, lose, or draw, he's still gonna have a good rub because he did SummerSlam against Goldberg. So right. that's on his resume. Um one match that I would have had a different finish for was an Italian Becky. Matter of fact, did you hear the crowd for this match? Yeah. I, was that my hearing's kind of bad? So were they saying "Let's go, Becky"? Becky sucks. Was that what I was hearing? Uh, they were saying "Let's go, Natty." Becky oh. sucks. Oh, let's go, Natty. Yeah, like I said, my hearing's pretty bad. I don't people. I don't really watch my ears out. I need to start doing that. But yeah, 
Let's all right. Let's go, Natty. Becky sucks. See what I would have did, and but hey, I'm not the booker. Just put that off there. I would have did the Montreal screw job for this match. Uh, I'm almost surprised that they, I'm almost surprised that they didn't. But at the same time, like I, I kind of get why that probably wouldn't have been the best idea at the time. Like you, you never want to. I think that would have left a, a bad taste in the mouth of anybody who grew up around that time or saw that. I think it would have left a really bad taste in people's mouths if they did that. So I, I get, you know, I get why they didn't. But at the same time, I feel like if they had played it right, it probably wouldn't have been so bad. Yeah, if they would have did it the right way, you know what I mean? The Montreal Screwjob would have worked perfect for both characters. You know, Becky Lynch, uh, she's slapping on the uh, sharpshooter on Natty, Canadian wrestler, part of the Heart Foundation in Canada. Right. And they finished with the Montreal Screwjob. That would have just been, you know, perfect. Like, if Be- especially if Becky was already a heel. I think that would have just insinuated her, making her an even bigger heel, you know, right. helping her with her character. But... Like I said, but, I'm not the booker. Right. I think another thing is, had they had they gone that route, they would have they would have had to build up another storyline between them. And I think with I, I, if Natty was more popular, then that's something that they could hang with. But I feel like that would have gotten if they had continued with that, it would have gotten stale real quick. So I think WWE just wanted to keep it as a one off thing, you know, with Natty wrestling in her hometown and stuff. Oh, okay. I got it. I got it. Okay. Um, next match I want to talk about is the Kofi Kingston-Randy Orton match. Oh, my God. Once, once again, my hearing isn't that good. So, what they saying? Kofi, stupid, Randy sucks. Was, was that what I was hearing? I don't know if that... I, I don't even know if, if that was. I, I, I was more into the match than I was the crowd, to be completely honest. So, I'm not 100% sure. Well, see, I like the I like the feel the whole atmosphere, the two competitors in the ring plus the crowd, because the crowd will make the match. You know what I mean? In a way. So, if the crowd isn't into it, then I'm kind of at home. Like, man, the crowd isn't even into this. They out there working their tails off, but this is just this is just stinking up the joint. You know. Uh, 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 that's just my opinion. Right. Like. Like, it's so much better when you hear the roar of the crowd, you know what I mean? When the crowd pops, then you pop at home, you know? Yeah, I, I was okay with everything except for the finish. Um, well, with that finish, I haven't seen it like that. It, it, it screamed old school to me. It was very old school, very traditional type of finish. Counting the guys out. That was uh, Eric Bischoff, you know? <laughs> That was a very Bischoff thing. I knew right away when I saw the finish. I was like, "Oh, that's." I was like, "That was Bischoff." That was Bischoff all day. But I don't think this is uh, like. If you remember, they tried to start this. They tried to start this feud earlier in the year, and for some reason, they kind of backed away from it and came back to it. I think because of that alone. You kind of like there's nothing left to care. Like we get it, <laughs> like we get it at this point. Like I don't see how how this can get any better than what it are than what it's already been. Like we got, you know, the, they had a great storyline. You know, Randy, you know, showing off in front of Kofi's kids that would put, light a fire under anybody's ass. 
But it's like doing the double counts, like, okay, so where do we go from here? Like, what happens? Just like, oh, I got to, you know, we're going to Night of Champions because we got counted out, so I automatically get a rematch. And then it's like, okay, well, what's next from here? Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I got you. I got you. But it was that one part, once again, Heron's not that good. There was a part when, you know, when Randy Orton was showing off in front of uh, Kofi's family or whatever, and Kofi beats him up, gets him back in the ring. And did I hear Kofi say, get your bitch ass up? No, I didn't hear that. Uh, I think I heard that. I'm going back to watch this match now just because you you thought you heard that. Now I'm going to go back and watch this match. Yeah, he was like, get up. I'm quoting this. He said, get up, get up. Get your bitch ass up. I was like, whoa, Kofi. There's kids I, there, buddy. <laughs> I'm okay with that though. But you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. They need like they need to kill this, you know, this this you know, Kofi, you know, kid-friendly Kofi. Like I'm not I'd love to I'd love, that the first encounter between him and Randy Orton where Kofi was tearing up Randy Orton's NASCAR. Yeah, yeah I was like this is the Kofi I want to see. This is the Kofi that I like. Like just go ham. Like, you know, because it's like, it's almost like with his character, it's like they try to play him like he's soft. And it's like, yeah. y'all don't Pancakes know. Kofi. And all that. Yeah. yeah, it's like, y'all don't know Kofi can work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And Kofi got that mean streak in him. You know, that it's just not conducive to his character right now. What do they call so, it? The positive something? What is it? The positivity? Uh, what is it? The power of positivity. Yeah, but it calls. Um, uh, it was something he called it. He called SmackDown the House of Positive something. I don't know. I the Positivity it. Powerhouse? I don't know. I, think, I don't know. It was something lame. I was like, hey, get out of here with that. I was going to say, that better not have been it. Yeah. <laughs> that better not. But yeah, Co- yeah, Kofi do got that mean streak in him. I don't want him to bring that out more and when he's in angles and when he's in storylines, you know? Can't I, be all pancakes and, and bootios all the time, you know. Well, you know when you're gonna see it when WWE pulls the pulls the trigger to break up the new day. That's when you're gonna see it. Right. I think you'll see it in all of them, especially Big E. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't. Uh, I I love the new day. It took a while for the new day to grow on me because at first, like I had, I just had this visual reperta- representation of what I think a strong black wrestler is supposed to be. So it's like, when they first came out with this, I was like, uh, I'm not feeling it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not feeling it because I feel like it's, I feel like the whole thing is kind of emasculating in a way. You know, yeah. but then when I, once I realized that this wasn't WWE, this was all they're doing, doing, I'm like, okay, well now I'm really, so let me take a serious look at it then of really what they're trying to do and what they're trying to put out. Once I realized that, I was like, okay, I'm behind y'all. I get it now. You know, but Big E, you got to make him a powerhouse. Like, you know, he's a, I think if, if they break up the new day, it's going to be Big E that betrays. Because yeah. he is the only one, he's the only one in my opinion that can really sell just be, like for all his, uh, for, you know, for all his good qualities, you know what I'm saying? For being the happy, sorry, go looking guy. I think he has the most potential to just turn into this raging animal that is tearing into everybody in his path. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's, I feel like that's really when you're going to see it. And you're going to see me go ham. Yeah, I want to see it. I want to see him turn heel. Because he cuts good promos on his own. You know? Like, he is so entertaining. Oh, my God. He is so fun. I mean, when he hit the split in the ring one day. <laughs> uh, yeah, that floored me. I said, bruh. And then, <laughs> and then the fans was cheering him, and he was blowing them kisses. I'm like, where did y'all find this guy? He is hilarious, man. Yeah, like, oh and, like, and to do that, and to do that, to be a big, to be a big guy, and let's just be completely honest here, to be a big black guy, and to be able to sell that, and people are into it. You're a special kind of town. Yeah, you're a special breed, man. You, shouts out to Biggie. Salute you, my friend. Future world champion. You heard it first here on the Hot Tag Podcast. Um, what else do we have at SummerSlam? Kevin Owens. What up, Kevin? <clears throat> oh. <laughs> I this love match. that match. That match had great psychology and it told a very good story, especially with the chair spots of Kevin Owens holding a chair and didn't know if he wanted to hit him or not. That's a very Bill Watts type of um, angle right there. Bill Watts yeah. was the king of that. Uh, Babyface having a weapon in his hand and having an option to hit the heel with it, but chooses not to because he wants to save face and beat him the fairway. Right. Old school 1970s, 1980s way of thinking. I love it. Not saying I'm an old school guy, but I'm just saying that was just good psychology. It took you back to the AWA days, right? Yeah, that was AWA, Mid Atlantic, all that stuff. Like, that's what they did uh-huh. back then. And Kevin Owens brought that in. And that's such great psychology because the crowd was like, hit him, hit him, hit him. And Kevin Owens was like, you know, do with my fist. He actually kicked him in the balls, though, but still. <laughs> Let's not overlook that small detail. Yeah, yeah. But still, you get what I'm saying? He had a chance to use a weapon. He chose not to, but he still wanted to get at this guy because he hated him so much. Right. So that that was a great story that they told. Yeah. And I think Kevin Owens got either the loudest pop or the second loudest pop of the night. The reason I said second, because there's this devilish guy who we're going to talk about next who got a loud pop too. Yeah. We're going to him. <laughs> I can't we're get to him in a minute. Yes, sir. Yeah, but Kevin Owens, that was a loud pop he got. Yeah. So the crowd was ready for that one. Yeah, and this one, and, and Kevin, you know, Kevin Owens, I believe, is from um, Manitoba, Manitoba, Quebec. So, you know, them being in Toronto, like, it was crazy how. You know, they're not, they're relatively close to each other, but not that close. So it's like for him yeah. to go to, for him to be in Toronto and get a big pop that he did, you know, just shows one, it shows the love of, of, of you know, the Canadian fans towards, you know, their hometown wrestlers. And then two, just how big WWE, you know what I'm saying, WWE has gotten. Like when we say on an international scale, like, it's insane, you know, how they could go, you know, how they could go overseas and sell out and then, you know, get these huge pops, you know, for these wrestlers, whether they're, whether they're from that town or not, you know, whether that, it, it just goes to show the, the global monstrosity that is the WWE. But as far as the match goes, I like the ending. I didn't. I, I feel like the match kind of under under delivered in a way, and not because it's Kevin's fault, but because of Shane. 
I really feel like Shane McMahon was really slow in that match. It, you know, the I, man's fifty years old. Like, well, then tell him get his ass up the ring. Then we tired of looking <laughs> at him in that way. God dang it! Right. Like, and, and of course, and of course, I can I can talk trash until the until the clock comes home because I I mean, be, just being completely honest, Kevin Owens is doing way more working up than I am at this point. But yeah, yeah, but you already know on that scale, SummerSlam's one of the big four. You got the you bring your A plus game. To any pay per view, but especially SummerSlam, like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. I get, you know what I'm saying? He up there in age, but, but god dang, at least if you're going to go in there, go balls out. Yeah. And it's just like he just got winded. He just got winded. Like, he looked like, he looks like, um, got darn. Well, no, because you guys aren't going to get that reference. That's an MMA reference. But, he was slow. <laughs> he was slow, oh, in the okay. and it was just like it, because of that. It, it, I felt like it kind of took away from the match. But but I'm glad Kevin Owens won. But to me, there was no way, but no way possible Shane was going to win that anyway. And you know, right. just you know, just being that sly little devil, like it was very. That ending was also very stone coldish. Where so you know, when stone cold. Like if that was Vince McMahon, he's looking like he, you know, he's about to take him until he, uh, you know, until the ref looks at him. He was like, "Oh, okay, no, you're right. I'm not going to do it." <laughs> and then he turns around, yeah. some of the balls and stones. I'm like, "That is so yeah. stone cold, Steve Austin." That that's great psychology. That's what I'm getting at. Like that was a great way of thought, a great way of reading the crowd. Yeah, you know what I mean, a great way of telling the story. Like I, I'm, I loved it. I enjoyed that match. I enjoyed that one. All right, so now, oh god, I th- it feel like I should turn the lights out to talk about this guy. Oh, no, kid, I feel <laughs> like we should have. I feel like we should have his music in the background as we talk about. I, I'm about to say, it seems like you should put on some menacing music in the background for this one, like some some Michael Myers type music when you talk about this yeah. guy. Lights out, Michael Myers music, get a deep voice going on because we're going to talk about the Fiend Bray Wyatt. We've been waiting for that. Oh my god scared the living crap out of me like if i was like a six-year-old i would have definitely ran into my mom's arms when i saw his entrance there's no way no yeah. way you you knew you were gonna see something you know you were gonna see something extraordinary but you didn't know that you were gonna see something that extraordinary oh my oh. god huh. Man, we're not even talking about the match you can let's let's, the entrance alone. Yeah, let's just get. Yeah, we'll get to the match in a second, but let's talk about this entrance. Was that a decapitated head he used as a lantern? That, that, yeah, but the, 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 the you know Bray Wyatt as the eater of worlds, like that was his head, you know, with a lantern inside of it. Like that was and one the, of the first things that I had peeped out, and I'm like. I peeped out the, the eyes had stitchings in it, so I was just like, "Wow, this right. is like really graphic right here." Yeah. And then just the way like the camera angle was at first, I was like, "Wait, okay, so one, why doesn't Bray have on a mask? Two, why does it look like his eyes are sewn shut? And number three, what is in his mouth?" <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then you know because of the camera angles and stuff, like then when you really see it, you're like. Oh, well, damn! That's a severed head. Oh, yeah, it's a severed head. 
oh and then you see the scene with the man and then the can we talk about the music like Shay, I, I'm a metal, I'm a metalhead. Like, no lie. Like, I love all things. Like, I'm, I'm a connoisseur of all music. Like, you will literally, if you listen to my Spotify, we will literally go from Young Jeezy to Lady Gaga to Avenged Sevenfold that quick. <laughs> I'm kind of that same way too. You can go from Lil Baby to Stain to Janis Joplin. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> Like to oh god, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it right now because I'm replaying it in my head and I'm just like it's literally like the first time I was looking at it. One, I was so glad that they t- that they went rock with it, you know, that they yeah. played a rock song because I think it, it matched so much to his character. But I am even more glad at the fact that they did a cover of his original music. Original song, I yeah, popped. original. I popped when 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 um when the girl started singing, and I was like, oh, "It's a remix!" Yeah, <laughs> you know we love remixes. So yeah. I was like, "Yo, this is lit!" And even the graphic. They nailed it with the graphic because the graphic to me was just kind of the icing on the cake. Like, it was, you know, obviously it was so different from everybody else's at the end of the night. And, you know, with some wrestlers, they have a special, you know, they have a special graphic, you know, right. but it was like, it wasn't the fiend. You know, like, it, I, you know, you didn't, I expected to see like Bray Wyatt, but then when they put the graphic up and it said the fiend, I'm like, I so believe in this character. <laughs> I so believe in it. Like at first, I wasn't really sure at first. Like when he first popped, when the scene first popped up on the Firefly Funhouse, I'm like, okay, that's his alter ego. Like, cool mask, but it's like, how is this going to be? How is it going to be separate from Bray Wyatt? And damn, if I don't see literally two different people between Firefly Funhouse Bray and the Fiend. <sighs> exactly. And they showed you, didn't they? Oh, oh, clear as day. I was like, yeah. I was, I was literally going along, and when the music stopped, and everybody, and you know, everybody's like, holy shit, holy shit. I was literally right along with them, I, and I'm barely, I'm real, rarely one to like go along with the crowd as I'm sitting at home watching a pay per view. But oh my gosh, if I was not like on my feet, clapping my hands, screaming at the top of my lungs, holy shit, because <laughs> that was hands down. It's a very, it runs a very close second to The Undertaker for greatest debut of all time. And see, the fact that you said that you was along with the crowd, see how the crowd helps make a match? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I was getting at earlier. The crowd can help a match be good or bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because... Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And, and, that, and that crowd popped just as hard as I did. Especially at the end when he was just standing at the top of the stage and he was like looking back. Yeah, and uh, the lights was flickering and all that stuff. That man, that creeped the crap out of me. Every, everybody who like that entire that entire segment, everybody nailed their job perfectly. From the cameraman, from the cameraman to the special effects guys to Bray Wyatt, to the referee, to Dr. Dr. Finn Balor. Did y'all see his face when the lights came up? I've never seen Finn shook like that before. (laughs) Finn didn't look shook. He was just like, 
What the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he got a taste of his own medicine when people see when he comes down the ramp as the demon. Like, he made, right. He right. got a taste of his own medicine there. He's like, oh, so that's what that's like. <laughs> right, right. And for, for those that didn't know, uh, Bray Wyatt won that match. Sorry. <laughs> We were so caught up in his entrance and his exit, we didn't even talk about the match at all. Um, it was a pretty good match. Yeah. It was a good match. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Was lot, it was a lot more fight from Finn than I expected. I, I didn't expect that much of a fight for I really thought like this was a, he was going to tear him down with no offense from Finn Balor from beginning to end. But it was a but it was a fight and it, and it gave like to them, you know it, it did a lot for Finn in my opinion. Like this this is going to elevate something nasty because if I like in my mind, just quick bit of fantasy booking here, not going to take long. In my eyes, there is only one way for this for for this to play out as far as Finn Balor and um Finn Balor and Bro Wyatt. And it has to culminate at WrestleMania with the Demon versus the Fiend. And my God, WrestleMania entrances are already on like steroids. Can you imagine the spectacle that will be these two guys' entrances at WrestleMania? Oh my God. Chills thinking about it. Dude, I'm literally looking at goosebumps right now as I'm telling it to you. I have goosebumps just thinking about that. And I said before, like, when I saw that, I said, all right, cool. Now, all I have to see is him beat the, is him retire the Undertaker at WrestleMania. And the man has, like, and then he's, like, Brock Lesnar over. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's already Brock Lesnar over, in my opinion, now. But, like, you saw how over Brock Lesnar got after he defeated The Undertaker Street. Bray Wyatt Wyatt will will have that same type if he if he retires to Undertaker, but at this point, I don't even have to see that right now. Right now, you have to give me the Demon versus the Fiend at WrestleMania. If I don't get that, I might not watch WrestleMania. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, and it sounds like that's like an empty threat. I'm not kidding you right now because to me, I don't care what they do from here from here to WrestleMania. If they if the um. What is it? The Monday after Fastlane, because Fastlane is always the last pay-per-view before WrestleMania. Right. If the Fiend, if the Fiend is not sitting in the middle of the ring after, uh, after uh, like attacking somebody, or even not even that, we can have a Firefly Funhouse, but then it gets interrupted by the Demon calling him out at WrestleMania. Like, dude, if I don't get that, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. I'm not. <laughs> Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> y'all gonna be mad as hell. Y'all ain't gonna be mad as hell at me, bro, because they ain't gonna have nothing for them as far as the WrestleMania, the podcast at the WrestleMania. If I don't get that, right? They're like, hey, okay. like, hey so what'd you think of WrestleMania? Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> when was it? They had it already. Oh, okay. Oh, right. I, I, I can put that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. That was our take on SummerSlam. Like I said, we're just going to give you the... You should have seen it by now. I mean, it was on Sunday. Like, you know, if you ain't seen it by now, you're not a true wrestling fan. You really um, So, the next night, Raw. Um, 
she's back. Yeah, finally. She's back. I called it, didn't I? Didn't I call it? Yeah. Didn't I call it? I called Sasha it. Sasha Banks is back. I love being right. And it seemed like she went, um, seemed like she went, uh, Super Saiyan God with the blue hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so okay. That's the first thing that popped in my head was super. Was it super? Yeah, super saying God, right? Super saying God. Okay, so I'm not the only geek that that that, that thought of that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, like you had to turn super saying God to be fearless, huh? Oh my God, hey. Okay, so that's what. So that's what she she didn't go to Japan to go wrestle to go practice. That's not what she did. She went over there to become super saying God. That's what it was the whole time. I see. I see it. I see you, Sasha. I love that. Yeah, she came back. She returned during Natalia's emotional um, moment in the ring, you know. And I didn't see it coming. I did not see a heel turn coming. But she oh, sold that perfectly. I did. I saw it. Like, you saw the heel turn coming? I did, I did, dude. Clear as day. Like, I saw literally and y'all ain't gotta believe me it's okay I don't care but literally when she was holding her face and was like the sky's the limit for you and looked at her and said hand me hand me a mic I said she gonna turn around and punch her right in the face make sure you know boom she punched right for, it was it happened so bad I was jumping up and down I was like I knew it I knew it I'm so happy to see Sasha heal because considering how she went out this was what she needed she could not come back as face and they take her seriously there, there, there would have been no way. So this was perfect. I, it, the execution was kind of bad. Uh, uh, the in, only, in what ways? In what way? The, okay. Uh, partly, kind of the crowd's fault because okay. it, it, because it seemed like they were not so much into you know. What Natty was trying to say as far as, you know, Monday being the one year anniversary of her dad's death and, you know, talking about how much he meant to her, you know, and about the match last night. It just seemed like the crowd wasn't really into it. Like they gave like this polite cheer when she talked about her dad, you know, like it was kind of quiet. It was like, it was, you know, a little quiet cheer or whatever, but it was almost like they were like, all right, you know, on to the next one. Come on, let's get to the next one. <laughs> And oh, okay. Went, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and it was like, then y'all like, because I felt like had they been more invested into what Maddie was saying, Sasha, like, the whole thing would have been like she would, Sasha would have gotten more heat. Like people were so happy to see Sasha because of the fact that they were not into Natty's promo. Ah, uh, you know, right. And, and it just like it kind of took away because it was like you know people were gonna be happy to see Sasha anyway, but then you're like, you know, as a as a fan, I'm expected to be like, wow, this is so sad. And then it's like Sasha basically, holy crap, Sasha's here! What the hell's going on? Like, and then it was just like people were like, oh yay, Sasha's here! Yeah, it's really. It was like, okay, so y'all didn't care nothing about Natty pouring her heart out to y'all. Yeah, it just <laughs> like killed the moment, you know. Yeah, and then she's in her home country at that, and I'm like, "Oh, y'all tripping." But I think, but I think, like the majority of people were already, you know, by the time SummerSlam came and went, the people, uh, a lot of the people who had went to SummerSlam with the Raw, they was already exhausted. So, not to shoot y'all some bail because that's your hometown here. At the end of the day, y'all should have been more invested. I just felt like everything was okay on Sasha's part. Sasha did everything perfect, but I just felt like. 
Sasha could have drawn more heat had the crowd been more invested. And did you catch what the commentator said? I think it was um was it Corey Graves? He was like, um, Sasha's been missing since WrestleMania because she was too busy pouting. I said, oh. I crazy. knew that was going, but I, but I knew that was going to play into that though. Like I knew that was going to come up. I knew they was going to say something about that because it's like that can't be the talk of WrestleMania, and then y'all act like it didn't exist because then y'all right. just playing up so stupid. Like we don't know what's going on. So is it so? And then Corey just being the great heel commentator that he is, like I accepted to say, like Corey Graves gets like he gets real heat from me, <laughs> like he really do because it's like some of the things that he be saying is just like I understand you doing your job. That was a little over the top. Like I just like you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> then he's doing his job. Then doing his job. That's all. Like you doing your job at the end of the day. I can't knock it. Like you doing it right. But all I'm saying is you mad disrespectful. <laughs> Uh, say okay, so AJ Styles cut a promo, and, and I've been wanting to say this oh, for weeks. Talk about With it. his country accent, cutting a heel promo just doesn't fit him. Does it sound like too much of a? Because it sound like too much of a good old boy. You know what I mean? Because of his accent, that Georgia accent. You know what I'm saying? Right. So he doesn't. You know, I'm so I'm glad he's with the OC because they can cut good heel promos. So that that helps him accentuate his uh heel mode is what i'm gonna call it but yeah he's better as a baby face because he you know his move set is more baby face the way he comes to the ring is more of a baby face type of thing and his attire is more of a baby face type of thing but those heel promos he cut with that country accent just doesn't do it for me for me and i don't even know what he was talking about in that promo i mean i (laughs) I grew up with a, I grew up with a country accent, so it's like for me, it's almost like second nature. And then where we live, it's just like it's second nature to us. But it's like it's especially hard when it's like when they're reading from a script, and it's just Maybe. like they say shit that is like you would not say in a regular conversation with somebody. Maybe that's what it is, because you know Stone Cold had like a little country accent, but he was saying what he wanted to say. Maybe it's because yeah. of fact AJ Styles is reading a script. It doesn't really go with his accent. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean, it's like I guarantee you, like, <laughs> the script is. I, I feel like, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to these writers, I feel like there needs to be more interaction between the writers and the wrestlers. I don't feel like there's enough interaction between them because I felt like if they did, they would have a better understanding of how they act. Like I don't know if these wrestlers are. I don't know if these writers are actually watching wrestling or have watched wrestling, but I mean, like I've said it before in this podcast, Hollywood writers are not are not going to get your wrestlers over. No, they're not. It's only going to work if you have people who are familiar with the business, you know, familiar with ring psychology, you know, familiar with the aspects of a heel and a face. Like Hollywood writers just don't get it unless they're lifelong wrestling fans and i feel like that's the problem with wwe is like okay well we'll get the person who run an emmy for writing for writing whatever show that got like five golden globes about a drama you know a dramedy between a doctor and a patient that has nothing to do with wrestling 
And just because they got a just because they got an Emmy for that particular show doesn't mean that their thought process is going to translate into wrestling, especially if they don't know anything about it. So, I, I like a lot of the stuff that they say. Like, I try not to hold it against them because nine times out of ten, it's the writers who are giving them this hat ass makes no sense in the conversation stuff to say. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just does. I apologize. It's not your fault. It's whoever's writing it for you. You're you're a good promo cutter. Just just try to come off the head more, you know. But hey, I'm not the booker. Uh, moving on. T-shirts, t-shirts coming soon. T-shirts coming soon. Moving on. Uh, King of the Ring is coming back. Made that announcement. I'm excited yep. about it. King of the Ring, honestly, is one of my favorite pay-per-views. Like, it's, it's one of my top... It's one of my top pay-per-views. I can't put a number on it, but it's one of my top pay-per-views that I look forward to because I like tournaments. Right. I'm a big fan of tournaments. And I think... I remember, um, once again, I'm going back in history when Bret Hart wrestled three matches in one night for the King of the Ring, and all three matches really show how much how hard of a worker he is and how much he puts into each match to entertain a crowd. That's how I feel the King of the Ring should be. You know what I mean? You had these people in this tournament to entertain the crowd. They're having three different matches with three different people, and all three of them make you pop. That's a good that's a good worker right there. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about the King of the Ring. I'm excited about who's all gonna be involved. Uh can't wait for this to culminate. And I, I'm I'm gonna pop for whoever wins, like honestly. Cause I think whoever wins is gonna get a big push. A big it's almost like winning the Royal Rumble. You're gonna get a big push after that, unless you're Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had such a delayed reaction to that if I hadn't expected that. Unless you're Shinsuke, you're gonna get a big push. And nothing and I and I'm not putting out there that like I don't like Shinsuke. It's just what they did with him after he won the Royal Rumble and after WrestleMania he just kinda went downhill to the point he wasn't even on SummerSlam. If you yeah. notice. He's an intercontinental champion and didn't even wrestle on, on the card. Yeah, I will say I'm laughing. It's funny because it's true. Like, it's like, yeah, we're gonna put the all right. So we're gonna put the Intercontinental title on you. We're gonna give you this great push. Uh, yeah, we don't have anything for you on Summer. So I know she's gonna. What the? F- <laughs> like, oh, oh my god, it's it's just sitting to shame the way they do it, Shinsuke. But I'm I, I'm so excited for uh, I'm so excited for King of the Ring too. I already have a winner in my mind. I I, I kind of have a feeling I already know who's gonna win. And I think it's going to be Drew McIntyre. Well, I let's not he... spoil it for the people. I, I want to wait for it week by week. I want to do it week by week. So you know what I mean. There's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with with predicting a winner now and just seeing you know what I'm saying see going along the way and see it for a right. Well, the way they WWE been working, they probably pulled Drew McIntyre from that thing for some strange reason. So. <laughs> they'd be idiots if they did. If they yeah, this, is, this is this is. Taylor made for Drew Mac. This King of the Ring is Taylor made for Drew McIntyre, in my opinion. Because remember, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about Drew McIntyre was supposed to have a match with Undertaker at some <clears throat> He wasn't even right. on the card. So right. But I, I, I don't know. I think Drew McIntyre is way overdue for a push. I think it, you know, what I'm saying he's he's one of those guys that 
you know, especially as a heel, he can draw. Right. He can draw. He's good. You know, he, I mean, built, you know, built to the ump degree, you know, great looking guy. He can talk, which is like, especially, you know, for a guy, you know, I don't know what it is about WWE and people with accents. But it's just like if you have an accent, like they they're very scared to give you the mic. And Drew McIntyre is, in my opinion, gold on the mic. Some of the stuff he says is shaky, but I try not to look at. Like I said before, like some of the writers, you got to blame for that. So it's like it's not so much as what they say and how they say it. But Drew, this this was tailor made for Drew McIntyre, and I really think he he'll go far. He'll go far in this. And I think a sleeper pick, a, a sleeper who might really go far in the tournament is Ali. Yeah, because they're giving him a push with those promos he's cutting, like, outside. I love those promos because they seem more natural. They, yeah, they're great. And it was like, you could tell, it's like, you could tell a wrestler really means what they say when they're giving a promo. Yeah, you can and, you can t- and, it's, and it seems like he's, like, talking to you not as a wrestler, but as a person. Yeah, he's not like, oh, I'm gonna win the title. I'm gonna be the greatest. You know, giving that real pumped up Hogan on steroids type of promo. But he's giving a more of a, hey man, I, I want to win that title for the people, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I want to get in there. I want to show my skills. But he's talking to, me. Yeah. and I love that. And it and it appeals to, and I think it appeals to the casual fan. You know, the fan that doesn't watch wrestling all the time and is it up on who's popular and who's in it somebody put you know what i'm saying and you sit down the casual viewer and you put that promo on there like okay that's somebody i can get behind right right you know? yeah you and when, the way he's talking you wouldn't even know he was a wrestler you was like he was just a common dude like a common guy you know right and i yeah, think that's I, the direction I, that's the direction wwe in my opinion needs to go toward right like, you go to because it's like you keep the you know wrestling the gimmick the gimmicks and stuff it's part of wrestling like that's in that's in wrestling's dna that's not yeah. going nowhere no but what, you can, but what you can do and what i like about it you know not to get off subject but what i like about aew is like they're trying to put the sports pace you know like wwe like the groundwork because they're on espn right now and I mean, in the '90s, that would have been a laugh off and unheard of. But ESPN like has their own section just for WWE itself, and I really feel like if they gear, it, you know, what I'm saying, if you go more towards sports and you like, you give these interviews, you know, like UFC, perfect example. UFC has bitten so much off of WWE, it's laughable. You know what I'm saying? With their interviews and their entrances and the lights and stuff like they have bitten up WWE so hard it's it's laughable at this point. But it's that's you know, people are starting to see it for it's not just sports entertainment, like this is hard work. Yeah. You know, like these people are putting in the same amount of hours that the number one the, the, the NBA's number one draft pick is putting in, if not more, because they gotta do more. And I feel like that's where that's the route WWE needs to go. It's like making more sports centric. And also, real quick, you said how uh, UFC is biting off of WWE boxing. Also, especially back in the day, like the genesis of boxing, cutting these promos like that started with Muhammad Ali. And who you think Muhammad Ali got it from? He got it yeah. from wrestling, watching exactly. Superstar Billy Graham and all of that stuff. So 
Yeah, what? like re- what was- wrestling in general helps manufacture help manufacture all these other sports and the, how they talk on the mic, how they come to the ring, how they interact with a crowd. Wrestling is the yeah. genesis of all of that. Yeah, the greatest boxer of all time had a match with arguably one of the great one of the greatest Japanese wrestlers of all time and Muhammad Ali versus Antonio Inoki. Like if that is if, if how can y'all not continue to take wrestling seriously? Exactly. He Muhammad Ali was a part of the first WrestleMania. Let's not forget yes. that either. Yeah. What What was he? What was he? An announcer or, or, yeah, or something so yeah. along those lines? Yeah. Yeah. Like so. This is the next ev- step in the evolution of wrestling, where it's going to be more sports centric based. Where you're going to start seeing highlights. Where it doesn't even necessarily have to be WWE. I just assume it would make more sense. Because WWE is featured, you know, on ESPN. But it's like you're gonna get to a point where you're gonna start to see these wrestling matches in on Sports Center highlights. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. It's coming soon. Yep. Um Can't wait. and and last thing from Raw, I was gonna talk about where's Rey Mysterio going from here, but um uh, do you want to talk about it? Where Rey Mysterio is going to go from here? I mean, he just lost. He had a two out of three falls match with a draw day. He lost both of them. Or he lost the first two. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think Rey has anything to prove to anybody. Like, you know. He has think, nothing? No, not at all. Nothing left to prove. Like, dude, you can go on a losing streak. First of all, Rey Mysterio is one of those people. He can go on a 20 match losing streak. And he and you, you're still going to go see him wrestle. Right, right. Because exactly. I, I don't care. Like, if this is if this is how, because I don't. My my sneaking suspicion is this is how they're going to introduce Dominic to WWE. Ah, oh. uh, his son, who's like yeah. seven feet taller than Ray. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, his like, yo, his mom must be tall as hell. His mom, his mom's got to be tall. And I'm gonna look it up later because because I like stuff like that. It don't make sense. I don't get it either. I don't get it either, but hey, I, you know, I ain't fit to argue with it, but I, I just know my sneaky suspicion is, you know, Dominic is going to be the one to defend the family's honor. Right. You know, I, 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 thought, that's what was gonna do, I thought that's what they were going to do with him and Samoa Joe. Yeah, I, I think that would have been perfect if Dominic had been ready, but like he just started, he just started, uh, Lance Storm's wrestling school, and he's supposed to be signing with WWE next year. So okay. we'll see. By the way, shout out to Lance Storm. Lance Storm, he's uh, actually closing his wrestling school this year. Oh, uh, after man. 2020, he's closing down his wrestling school. And I mean, he he's, you know, trained greats like Tyler Breeze and Natalia. Like, they, there's been a lot of champions that have come out of Lance Storm Wrestling School. So shout out to Lance Storm, who's very who was also very underrated as a wrestler. You know, he may not have had the the, the the talking, you know, the talking ability, but there is no denying the talent that the the wrestling talent and the technicality that Lance yeah. Storm about the wrestling. I was about to say he's a pure technician and he is a legend in the game. Like he's yeah. a happy, he, Paid his dues. Yeah, him and Demolinko had some. Oh my gosh! I was gonna say him and Chris Jericho. You know they were tag team partners, so they know each other's moveset very well. Yeah, them. Yeah, them too. But him and Demolinko. I mean, like if you're, 
if if technical wrestling is your thing, oh my gosh, like those guys put on a clinic every time. They every time they locked it up. Watch it on the WWE Network if you haven't seen it. Um, so, man, how we get to that? How we start with Rey Mysterio, we get to Lance Storm. But anyway, I don't know. I don't know how we got there. I, I don't know. But I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Yawn. Stone Cold's coming back. I heard that rumor that he's going to come back, but I think it's just a rumor. Nah, he's not coming uh, back. He's done. He's done. I think so too. But he keeps showing up. Like he was at Raw reunion. They, they had a Skype interview with him. I don't know. I don't know what well, think, man. The Skype. The whole Skype interview was it, the the Skype interview was for two reasons. One to put over to to help put over Seth Rollins because I mean he taught he taught Seth Rollins up more times than he talked about his show that's on USA now. So. Yeah. You know, those are the only to hype up the show and to put over Seth Rollins. I always love seeing Stone Cold, but I mean, like, as far as like this whole him coming back thing, like, there's a snowball's chance in hell Stone Cold go, comes back to do more, more match. I would be more inclined to believe that Edge will come back and have a match before Stone Cold. I heard that rumor too, though. The yeah, Edge is coming that, back. That, yeah. Was, that was one rumor that we hadn't gotten to, but boy, does that intrigue me. Boy, does okay. that intrigue me. Mm. All right, so very quickly, let's talk about SmackDown. Honestly, for both Raw and SmackDown, it didn't really impress me much, but... SmackDown uh, was boring. I, I'm Smack, just saying. SmackDown, the the, <laughs> the part I liked was when Kevin Owens, it was the beginning of the show, when Kevin Owens was in the ring cutting a promo, and he was cutting a damn good promo. And mm-hmm. then I was listening, and then Shane McMahon's music hit. Me and Kevin Owens had the exact same reaction. I dropped to my knees. I was like, Lord have mercy. Why we got to deal with this dude again? And then I looked up at the TV and Kevin Owens was on his hands and knees just like, oh my God, I got to deal with this guy. I popped for that. I thought that was fun. I was like, yeah, yeah, we both had the same feeling. Because it's like, give it a rest, Shane. Just give it a rest. Let, let Kevin Owens go on with his next few, his next program with whoever but we had the same reaction yeah, I mean, it's Smackdown as a whole for, for me like I, it was I guess the crowd after those four days the, the crowd was dead to me like it, that was that one time where you saw a little bit of life in the crowd but it was just like it seemed like the whole show was just going through the motions yeah I think uh, it was burnt out I think it was burnt out um, also, I like the push that they're giving Ember Moon. I mean, she had a match with um, Bailey at SummerSlam. Then on SmackDown, she had the match with Charlotte Flair. So it's like she's getting that push. You know what yeah. I mean? They escalate yeah. her to be a future champion. I don't know if it's going to be like real soon. I can see probably at the end of the year or maybe like next year or something like that. You know, give her some more matches with some big name people. Maybe put her in there with Sasha after a while. But I see her, um, you know, uh, being one of the top tier uh, females in the wrestling division for the WWE. She is, and and I think she's one. The one one of the biggest things about Ember Moon is like I love her finisher. Her her finisher is so innovative. Like I would have loved to see that. Like it looks like the stunner. But she put her own variation on it. And that's what I would have preferred to see from 
Kevin Owens, instead of him just doing a straight stunner, like put his own little spin on it. Ember Moon is very innovative as a wrestler. Like I've seen her, um, you know, I've seen her like have like training sessions and stuff. And it's like, there's a lot of stuff in her repertoire that she ain't brought out yet. You know, oh, and, yeah. and, and she's, Mike work, could, you know, could use some work. I might work could use some work. But I still don't know what she sounds like. I have no clue what she sounds like. I've never heard you've never seen her her cut a promo before. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, figuratively, like in a sense. Of, oh, like she's still trying to find impression on me. You know what I mean? Like she's still trying to, like, like she's still it, trying like to it, find it, her place. Yeah, like it didn't, like it didn't resonate with me. I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Like. I think I, mean. with, like, I don't know what she sounds like. I, I don't think she's found her voice yet. I think with her, less is more. I think less yeah. is more, especially considering the mystique of her gimmick. Like I, I would have her, like I would literally have her speaking code. You know, like the same way, like the same way Bray Wyatt does on Twitter. Yeah. Like I would do, I would get, I would give her stuff like, and on, and even on her Instagram, like she taught, like you know, if you see like some of her Instagram, and like her cap, you know, her captions when she talks, like I would love to see her talk like that because she talks a code on her Instagram, and it was like, okay. I think that would so much lend to her mystique if they let her talk like that, if they let her talk like that on the mic, you know, like in her like. I can see, like, the same, like, you see how Alistair Black sets up his promos? Like, I can yes. see the same, I can see the same thing for Ember Moon, like, with the, with, like, a backdrop of the moon, you know what I'm saying, with a wolf in the background, you know, something like, or make it, like, interactive, like, it's moving or something like that, not so she just sitting behind a blank screen with a, with a moon and a wolf on it, you know, like, Really, like Bill, the same work that they put into Bray Wyatt, I feel like they need to start putting in the type of work between all between everybody in WWE. Because if they say, you see how that got over, you see how the pyrotechnics got over at the beginning of SummerSlam. Like I was shocked at that, like they brought back the pyrotechnics. But they really need to like put the machine behind these people and see how much you know these fans will like really get behind them. Like the wrestling is just half of it. Wrestling is just half of it, like, and they've got, and they have hands down the best roster in wrestling. So it's like the work is not the issue. It's you know, it's the writers and you know the lack of the the lack of effort that goes behind some of the wrestlers. You know, what I'm saying like they pulled out all the stops for Bray Wyatt. You know, like why can't they do that same thing for say an Ember Moon or a Dana Brooke? Or 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 Rusev, like oh my god, dude, don't get me started. I'm not gonna rant again. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Well, the last thing for SmackDown before we take a quick break is I'm I'm sorry, I gotta I'm gonna make another heel turn. Well, I don't know if you want to call this a heel turn, but they are punking down your boy Buddy Murphy. They make him like a straight up punk. You I'm okay I'm with saying? that. I'm okay. I'm okay. Here's a, here is why. Did you see the match that he had with Roman Reigns? Yeah, I saw that match. But I'm talking about the interaction in the locker room with him, Daniel Bryan, and Eric Rowan. Like that's some that's some high school locker room type stuff. You know what I mean? They pumped him down and took his lunch money, and he ain't do nothing about it. All right. So 
it, it was I was just looking at it like, oh come on, bro. Come on, bro. If you want to get yourself over, you gotta you gotta do more than this. And once again, I know it's not him, it's the Riders, but how you gonna have a good match? Was it on it was on Raw, right? Or was it on no it was on SmackDown? SmackDown, yeah. Yeah, yeah, how you gonna have a good match? A uh, standout match, matter of fact, with Roman Reigns, and then turn around and get pumped down in the locker room. Like how you how you book that? Right. Why would you book that? Because now that just make that match look obsolete. Like, man, I can't wait to see this guy's next match. Segment comes up. He's in the locker room getting tossed around, beat up, um, um, uh, jumped and, and bullied and all that stuff. So what did I do for that match? I th- but you know what? He put on such a great... Buddy Murphy put on such a great match that... I, I don't know about you. I mean, maybe, maybe we just differ on opinions on this one. But I think that match did wonders for Buddy Murphy. Seeing seeing him hang with with uh, Roman Reigns for that long, and then even after the match, seeing Roman Reigns give Buddy Murphy his props, I think there's a lot to build off on that. I really do. Even if it was a loss, I think it put him over in a way. Okay. Okay. Um. So that was SmackDown. Like I said, it was kind of boring. Um. Uh, so, uh, um, yeah, not too many high spots, but all in all, it was still like a solid show, you know. It was for what it was worth. Right. But our next segment, after we take our break, is going to be our fantasy booking segment. And once again, it's a fantasy, which means we're making it up. It's not going to happen. It's not real. We're not real bookers. It's just with our interpretation on what this superstar, this wrestler should be doing or could be doing next so we're going to take a quick break get yourself some water uh get yourself some chips whatever you need some refreshments and we will return be right back Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Mace, I'm still in it. If I can find a way, if I can find a way to play that for our third segment without getting sued, I swear I'm going to do it. Yeah. Wait, that was back when he re-signed with Puff, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think know, we, yeah, Puff, Puff yeah. will sue. He'll sue. He, he ain't trying to look out. But anyway... That's another, that's another conversation for another podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, he didn't look out for Dylon. But anyhow, anywho, <laughs> we're on our fantasy booking segment. Yeah. And once again, like I explained earlier, it's a fantasy. It's, it's make-believe. It's not real. You know, it's just something we're coming up with, you know. Um, Eric, would you like to go first? Who is the, the talent that you have? booked it can be up until um clash of champions it can be up until the next raw or smackdown it can just be whenever How, what do you have who do you have well i have uh which by the way i had to, i had to rewrite it because <laughs> i picked buddy murphy and at the time when i picked buddy murphy i had no this was before his match on uh this was before his match 
on SmackDown. So it was like, I have no idea what to do with Buddy Murphy. <laughs> but the wrestling gods shined down on me and gave me a bit of inspiration after this match with Roman Reigns. So I decided that I was going to book him up until Night of Champions. Now, we all know that when it comes to Night of Champions, not every single match on the card is a championship match. So, I have inserted a program between him and Rowan. Okay. Now, if you remember, last week, Buddy gets his ass beat by Roman Reigns all over the, all over the locker room. Has his match as a matter of fact, no. His match was on Raw. It's a, the match against Roman Reigns was on Raw. It so, was? yes, it was. I remember that. It was on Raw. Okay. Because, because remember, he had got the beat down from Rowan, from, uh, Rowan and Daniel Bryan in the locker room on Tuesday. So, you remember that? I, you, you sure? Because I thought, well, I don't know. I don't really follow uh, Buddy, whatchamacallit, so. Yeah, Buddy Murphy requested the match against Roman Reigns, had the match against him on Monday, and then Tuesday was, uh, the next night was when um, Daniel Bryan had gone into the locker room and it kicked everybody out except for Buddy Murphy, and he was like, listen, I know, you know, you didn't have a choice but to say it was Rowan because Roman Reigns is beating you up, but you need to tell everybody that it wasn't true. And that's where he got tossed around the room with Rowan. So, so then the very next Tuesday, Roman Reigns comes out, says, Rowan, Rowan, Daniel Bryan, you need to come out. Daniel Bryan and Rowan, they come out to the ring and they're about to have this giant confrontation. When out of nowhere, Buddy Murphy comes from the back, starts beating down Rowan on the ramp. He's not knowing what to do. You know, Daniel Bryan, he's like, yo, what are you doing? What are you doing? Stops, stops uh, Buddy Murphy, starts beating him up. Well, Roman Reigns, uh, Buddy Murphy had earned Roman Reigns respect after the match they had the week before. So he comes out. So he comes out of the ring, runs up the ramp, starts beating up Daniel Bryan. Now, at this point, we don't even know. You, you know, we never had the, the deal about what happens, but there's instantly a match made between Rowan, between Rowan and Daniel Bryan against uh, Roman Reigns and Buddy Murphy. Now, so is, is Buddy Murphy turning face? Are you going to turn face? Oh, hold on, hold on, because we're okay. going to get there. Okay. We're going to get there. So, um, where am I at? So, they had the match. Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan and Rowan, they cheat to win. They win, but they have to cheat, but they have to cheat to win by uh, Rowan's outside interference. Just the, um, Interject. Who to watch a little bit of SmackDown? It was on SmackDown, buddy. Murphy had fought Roman Reigns. 
Wow. Okay. So when so when did he catch the beatdown? The same. That's what I was saying. Like he had that match with Roman Reigns. Huh? Is that the same night that he got beat, yeah, beat was, up? That's what I'm saying. How you gonna have a five star match with Roman Reigns or have him in a five star match with Roman Reigns and then have him get jumped in the locker room, making like a punk? Oh, the same night. I don't know how I forgot that. I don't know how I forgot yeah. that. Crazy. That's crazy. I don't yeah. even know why in my head, like, why I was like, why is this happening? Like, I, I don't even know why, but I guess my mind's all over the place. So, okay. Easy fix to that. <laughs> okay. Easy fix. Very next week, the same thing happens. Same thing happens, but it happens all on SmackDown. Have Roman Reigns surprise everybody, come out, help um help Buddy Murphy because he's getting jumped. Didn't they have the match? Rowan because Rowan and you know Rowan and Daniel Bryan is the SmackDown show. Three of the four guys are on SmackDown. Rowan and uh and Daniel Bryan win. So he says afterward they catch up with Buddy Murphy. And they said, oh, Rowan, I'm not done with you, not even a little bit. Everywhere you turn around, you're going to see me, and I'm going to beat you down. It is literally going to be on sight, literally, every time I see you. So the very next week, they're getting out of uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan. They get to, they get to uh, the arena. They're getting out the car. Daniel Bryan is saying, hey, don't worry about it. I've got your back. Nothing is going to happen. You know, nothing's going to happen to you. You're my partner. Whenever he shows, there's two of us and one of him. Whenever he shows up, we're just going to beat him down. He doesn't even get to we're going to be, we're going to beat him down before Buddy Murphy comes out of nowhere with a chair shot to Rowan's back. And then a chair shot to uh, Daniel Bryan. And he's like, I told you, every time I see you, boom, he hits Rowan. Every time I see you, boom, I'm going to break you apart. And so then everybody, so then the officials and some of the wrestlers that come out have to, uh, you know, have to be interfered. Shane McMahon, being the jerk that he is, suspends him for, suspends uh, Buddy Murphy for the night. And then he says, no, uh, Daniel Bryan, Rowan, they go up to Shane McMahon and said, no, I want him next week. And he was like, listen, everything that's been going on, you know, the way you've got beaten up, you don't need to face him next week. I'm going to give you a week. I'm going give you to give you time to rest your body. You and Rowan are going to, uh, you and Buddy Murphy talking to Rowan, you guys are going to face each other a night of champions. That gives you time to rest up. That gives him time to clear his head. And we're going to be done with this. So, Daniel Bryan's been talking out. You know, Daniel, the next week, Daniel Bryan comes out. You know, he talks about how his partner, Rowan, is going to dominate Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy, via satellite, comes on the Titantron and cuts this blistering promo about how Rowan and Daniel Bryan are weak because they need each other to get over. If one of them is by themselves, neither of them stands a chance. 
So Daniel Bryan says, fine. You know what? Let's up the ante a little bit. I won't be in his corner. I don't need to be in Rowan's corner. Rowan can handle you all by himself. And so now we have the so we have a straight up match at Night of Champions between Rowan and Buddy Murphy. Classic David versus Goliath. Everybody's rooting. Everybody's rooting for Buddy Murphy because they've seen how he got how he's got beat up in locker rooms and and, and taken advantage of. They're like Buddy Murphy. We want to see you tear a new one into Rowan. So match happens. They're coming at that. Uh, they have the match. It is an absolute show stealer. Rowan actually, it, actually lasting so long in the match, actually gets put over. Both of them put each other over with the match that they have. But Buddy Murphy hits the one, two, three and wins the match. Why? Because Buddy Murphy. Is 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 a very good mid card. Is a very good mid card guy, and you put enough behind him, and you give him the personality of the the scrappy little the scrappy little guy on SmackDown. He's basically he could basically be SmackDown's ricochet. Okay. Oh, I like that analogy, that comparison. Right. I can see that. Right. So you put so you put him over that way. Rowan is not hurting anyway, because it's not like he's getting a real big push anyway. So, so it doesn't it doesn't hurt. But then it also it gives both of these guys an it, it, it gets eyes on these guys. So these guys are wrestling on the big stage, which is what I think WWE need. WWE needs to start. Worrying about these mid-card guys, like if you really want to keep these guys and keep them happy in the company, you start putting these guys on pay-per-views. Even if it doesn't, you give them a great story to build around that the crowd can get behind. Doesn't have to be fertile or anything. Lucha doesn't have to leave count. You just build a great story behind them, so your fans can get behind one guy or another. And you make sure you you put you know you have your agent tell you guys, hey, you guys tear this house down. You guys fight as if this is for the championship. And on that biggest stage, those guys are going to show out. So, so everybody, everybody in, in their own way gets over maybe one more than the person, but that's wrestling. And you've got a and you've got the opportunity to build a strong mid card behind your main eventers. Oh, I like your way of thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your way of putting the puzzles together, so to speak. You know what I mean? Right. It, that was pretty good. Yeah, was- I, I, feel, I found that like it, and because I've I've watched a lot of interviews with uh, managers because as managers always they always fascinated me, and it's like one thing that I that a one person that I watched re- interviews I watch religiously is Paul Heyman, and Paul Heyman is a stickler for having. For having a reason why you do something, you leave nothing up to interpretation to the fans. Right. You always you always have a reason behind whatever you're doing. So then, once and you don't have to give it to you don't have to give it to them all in one go. You give them a piece here. You give them a piece there. You give them a piece there. You allow the you allow the fan to start piecing everything together. And then as they're piecing together, they're drawing, you know, you're drawing their interest into the storyline more and more. 
Mm. It's one thing that I'm okay. from Paul Heyman. Like you always have a reason for why you do something. Always keep the crowd hungry for more. Exactly. Okay. All right. That was good, man. That was good. You really you really put a lot of thought into that. I do. I, I'm a fantasy booking fiend. Like I literally like on WWE 2K19, like that's literally like all I do is like build random stories between wrestlers. Okay. Well, for me, mine is a little different, Rob. I didn't book to a specific time. Like, I didn't book up to book a champ, uh, a night of champions. I didn't even book for, like, next week. I just booked a story that, that WWE could use or not use. It's just a story that I'm going to uh, tell of why this is happening and what the results were. And the booking, the person I had to book was Samoa Joe. Now, given Samoa Joe, I was like, what the hell am I going to do with Samoa Joe? Because what WWE has been doing with him, he'll steamroll through everybody on Raw and SmackDown. But he gets put in a program, and he loses straight in the ring. Like, he, he, it's, like it's like a no contest type of thing. Like He always gets beat clean when he's put in a major program with somebody. And then the next night on Raw and SmackDown, he'll run through somebody again. He put with a program at that pay-per-view. He's beat clean. So I'm like, what can I do different with Samoa Joe? And then I did the, like I said, you put the puzzle pieces together well. I did, I was the, the, the maker and I was putting together a puzzle and how I was going to make this puzzle connect. So Samoa Joe, once again, this is a fantasy. I don't know if this stuff is to be true, but I said Samoa Joe has been the longest um, Samoan wrestler to date. The person that's been in the wrestling business the longest who is under Samoan uh, descent. You know what I mean? I think he's been doing it since like 2002. And so Samoa Joe's been in the business longer than any Samoan that's been as, that's in the business now. All right. He's paid his dues. He has done everything he's been asked to do. He'll job for anybody. Anybody. He'll job for him. He always cut good promos. He always shows up to work. You never hear any like backstage heat about Samoa Joe. You never heard about him trying to screw somebody over. You never heard about him playing politics. Samoa Joe is a good stand-up dude. Right. But has he ever headlined WrestleMania? No. Has he ever been in any blockbuster movies? No. Has he ever been interviewed by Sports Center or any other news media? No. Is he a multi-time WWE World Heavyweight Champion? No. <laughs> Does he even hold any big wins over people like Brock Lesnar or The Undertaker or Triple H? No. So he's a good stand-up guy in the locker room, cuts good promos in the ring, job for anybody, but as far as work credentials, he doesn't have anything to show for it. No WrestleManias, no world titles, no movies, no big big matches with big names, none of that. But he's the but he's the only Simone that's been in the wrestling business as long as he's been in there. But then there's Roman Reigns. Has Roman Reigns headlined WrestleMania? Yes. Has Roman Reigns been in a blockbuster movie? Yes, he's in one with The Rock. Has Roman Reigns been on SportsCenter or any news media outlet? Yes. Is Roman Reigns a multi-time, a multi-time WWE World Champion? Yes. Does Roman Reigns hold wins over the biggest names in wrestling, like Brock Lesnar, Undertaker, and Triple H? Yes. 
And as we mentioned earlier in our podcast, he just got a check, or he just got one of the biggest checks or the biggest pay raises in the WWE for $2 million a year. So, is Samoa Joe pissed about that? You damn right he is. But Samoa Joe is smart. Samoa Joe is sharp. Samoa Joe is way more keen than what we think he is. He know he can't get blood on his hands. But he has to do something about Roman Reigns. Something has to be done. He, he's not going to sit for this. He's not going to allow this to continue. He's not going to stand for that. No, he has too much pride as a man. As a Samoan man at that also to let another Samoan who's been wrestling a lot less longer time than him and in his eyes didn't pay as much as dues as he has to come in and get the push that he's getting. So he pays somebody to jump him backstage by knocking that thing over. He pays somebody to try to run him over with that car. And Samoa Joe is also smart enough to be there so take the suspicion off him of somebody trying to run him over with the car. Because like I said, he doesn't want to get his hands dirty. He don't want the suspicion to be on him. He's sharper than that. He's uh, smarter than that. But he's also out for blood. He's also out for revenge. He's also out for vengeance. So that's what Samoa Joe does. So he starts... So what I have... I said all that to say that he should be in a a program with Roman Reigns and eventually Roman Reigns finds out it's him and they start a program together. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know when it'll start. I don't know when when Roman Reigns will find out, but I think that should be the storyline leading into their feud. And that's how I did my fantasy booking. I did the storyline leading into a feud that can lead into further matches. That And that's how you get, and that is the process of how you get Roman Reigns over. You have to put, yeah. put him. You have to put him in a position to where he's a my. And then, like leading up to that, you put him in matches, and you don't put him in matches against middle card guys. You, you no. say you say you get you know you get what you do. You put Joe. You know you put Joe in the middle of the ring, and you say, "Hey, I need some practice before Roman Reigns. Who's going to step up?" And, just, and then usually people, because you know what other challenges, you know, some people expect the, uh, you know, expect the mid Carter to come out because they want to get a come up. But no, you give him a Braun Strowman. You know, you yeah. Braun Strowman, you give him Seth Rollins. You know, you give him those guys. At this point in the game, one doesn't have, one program doesn't have anything to do with the other. So even if, so even if, Braun does take a loss. It's not going to hurt him because that's not the guy he has to program with anyway. You can easily have him set up. You can usually have him set up to, you know what I'm saying, beat whoever he's in a program with. And boom, that loss is, is all forgotten. You know, you can't give him a self, yeah. him self rollers because then that just defeats the hope of him being the champion if he, he loses to Joe. But I don't know. Maybe that plays into it. Maybe that plays into it. Hey, I beat the champion. Now, I now you're telling me I got to beat Roman Reigns? You know what I'm saying? I just beat the champion. What the, what the world makes y'all think I can't beat Roman Reigns? <laughs> I'm coming for you next. You know, you put exactly back up to be the monster that he, that he was. If you're going to use him properly. That's what I'm saying. He needs a good story to get back into that main event caliber uh, 
a storyline or program. You know what I mean? I think what I have put down would be a good storyline leading into him being a having a good run. That's a great you know? storyline. Yeah, like yeah, because then everybody was like, "Oh, so maybe it's not." That throws everybody a curve. Like, oh, dang, I thought it was Samoa Joe, and then turn around, oh shit, lose right the whole time, but was Samoa Joe? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I say, he's smart enough to know he can't get blood on his hands, and he he doesn't want people to be suspicious of him. Right. So, like like that Monday, he cut that promo saying, "Everybody think it's me, but it's not me." And he went outside to confront Roman, and they talking, and a car almost hits him. Like, yeah. I didn't say who he put up to it. Like, I ain't go that far. But, because I don't know who who it could be. Right. It could be anybody. It could, it could be Rikishi again. I don't know. But the fact that it was Samoa Joe's idea and he paid that person off, you know. Right. But that was my fantasy booking. I dig it. All right. So, call us. Come on. You see what we're doing over here. what? I said WWE. Oh yeah, you see what we doing over here? Yeah, we, yeah, we, we can write for you. You know what I mean? Cut that check. You know what I'm saying? Okay. We can write for you. I mean, I ain't wrote no. You know, I ain't wrote a show that that, that wrote a daytime Emmy. But I mean, I. Oh no, 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 no! Uh, Hell, Danny gonna win a daytime Emmy. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, they with the stuff they're doing. No, nah, they ain't gonna win it. But well, they better because we can help out. They better because AEW is nipping at their heels. In AEW, we can help write for you guys too, you know? Call us. Yeah, especially AEW. What? I got to go. And then if you let me have creative control, man, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> you better stop playing. Give us a call. <laughs> so, yeah, give us a call. You can give me a call at 757 419 1990. Also, send me a message on Instagram, all power to the people. A. W L P O W R the number two D A P P L. Also send me a message on Facebook at Shabo. That's S H E A space B O. You can also uh, send me a tweet at Shabo number four. That's the actual number four, not the spelled out one. I have to say I'm really proud. I'm really proud that you that you spelled you spelled your uh, Instagram handle all the way through. Because I have it written in front of me. <laughs> you had, I'm ahead of the game. Had me. Yeah. Yep. I thought you did clean. No note. Yep. Yep. Nope. <laughs> you got it written down in front of me. You said, nope, not there yet. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember it yet. Yep. Not that good at it. Yep. So you guys can reach me on Facebook, Eric Big Grizz Billups. You can also reach me on Instagram, lineage underscore of underscore excellence. You can also reach me on Twitter, Seven City Psycho, the S in Psycho Sedala Time, because we about to spend money. And also, you can call me or text me. Prefer you text me. Because, I, you know, in this time where you got telemarketers blowing you up from it, guys, I'm, I, I'm really rather you guys text me because I am so tired of answering telemarketers. <laughs> Thinking that these are fans, like, yeah, they really got us messed up out here. Like, I'm just, if, matter of fact, we just talked about Shay. We just talked about how we have listeners in Utah. I had a Utah number call me, <laughs> thinking, <laughs> thinking that it's you know one of our listeners, you know, telling us either we're great or we suck. And it's hi, I'm so and so, and I'm here to talk about you about the mortgage application that you put in. First of all, for the record, I ain't put in no mortgage application. <laughs> you little scam. Look, man, you can't hustle a hustler. I hurry up and I hurry up and hung it up and blocked it. 
So if you want to reach me, it's 757-633-0132. If I don't answer your call, so shoot me a text right after just so I know you're real. <laughs> yeah, that's all the voice message. Okay, so that's our show. Uh, upcoming events in the Tidewater area. SmackDown will be here September 3rd. That's a Tuesday for SmackDown Live. Tickets start at $15 a, a ticket. Um, Virginia, uh, I mean, Vanguard Championship Wrestling, VCW, will be in Suffolk September 7th. I don't know how much the tickets are. I think it was $25 a person or $20 a person, something like that. $20 a person, kids get in free. $20 a person, kids get in free. Um, I know uh, AEW has their pay per view August thirty first. All out, all out, and anything else coming up? Uh, as far as I know, nothing. Uh, nothing's coming up, guys. Continue watching the news. Continue listening to us. You know we, you know we bring you, we'll bring you the news and we bring it our way, so you don't have to listen to the fifteen minute same monotone guy telling you about. At least you make it interesting. And also, I want to give a shout out to a, a person who's also from Virginia. She's from Norfolk. She has a podcast called Chick Foley. You can check her out. She talks all things WWE. She's awesome. She's very charismatic. She's a nice person. Check her out. Support Virginia. Support Norfolk. VA Strong. They have a great show, by the way. Their show, <laughs> their show is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So y'all can give her, give her, give her a check out. You know, so yeah. Oh, what? That's our show. Last bit uh-huh. of news. One last bit of news for the fans, guys. Uh, we are currently working on bringing our very first guest onto the show. Uh, this gentleman, you may not have heard of him. If you are, if you are a huge wrestling fan, or you're or you're possibly a fan of Russell Zone Daily. Wink, wink. Hint, hint. We have. Hello. We are working to have one of the hosts of the show, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Robert DeFelis. He looks like Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. He's not, and he's also from a state that's shaped like is shaped like the a part of the male anatomy. By the way, that's not me. That is his co-host Kevin Kellum's uh, opening to introduce him. That's not me, so I take credit for that. But he is, like I said, he uh, works for WrestleZone Daily. He just recently got on on Fightful.com. This man, if, if, if Shay is the most technically sound po- podcaster in this business, those guys are going to have to duke it out for number one. I'm going to put Robert number two because I'm loyal, but... I want to have these guys on the show because I literally putting these two men together and and and, and letting and letting them uh, duke it out for for wrestling intellectual supremacy is my main event. <laughs> so we're gonna so we're trying to work we're trying to work out the process to have them on the show. The very definite date that we're having on the show, we will let you guys know. We're trying to have it within the next two weeks, but he's a man with the full schedule, so we got to work around his. But as soon as we have him on the show, we'll set the date and we will hype it like nobody's business as if we don't do it all day. Stay tuned for that. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, that is a hot tag podcast, the hottest hot tag podcast, might I add. And we will see you next week. See you next week. Enjoy wrestling, guys. Bye. <laughs>